Human-created anxiety is real, and it is a real problem right now. So on today's episode, we are going to be talking about what you're doing right now to feed that anxiety, but we're also going to be talking about some things you can do to help fight it off. And if you're struggling with stuff, we'll go ahead and talk about some things you can do to help with human-created anxiety. We'll talk about that next. Alright guys, welcome to this week's episode. And like you heard in the intro, it is human created anxiety. We're going to go ahead and dive into that in just a second. But first, I wanted to remind you guys that every episode is brought to you by On Dog Training Academy. That's us. OnDogTrainingAcademy.com is your online course website. We are in the process of building some courses, getting them ready to go, and we'll be launching them hopefully soon. Uh, If you're interested in these, you can definitely check out our website, OnDogTrainingAcademy.com. Click on that subscribe button on the top right-hand side of of your screen, or I guess if you're on your phone, you probably push the little menu button and it's subscribed right in there. And uh, sign up for our email list. I promise we will not be blasting you with a bunch of emails. We will just send you some emails when the courses get launched and give you info on all of that when it's needed. So, ondogtrainingacademy.com. Check it out, guys. So, on today's episode, like I mentioned before, we're going to talk about human-created anxiety. Now, this obviously has become a very big issue with the onset of COVID and the whole pandemic thing. But... It is something that is not new. It's just being a lot more, it's being paid attention to a lot more, I believe. Um, but it's something that has been around, we have, we have seen it and noticed it for absolutely ever. And human-created anxiety, basically what it is, is it's things you are doing in your life with your dog that are feeding anxieties and creating issues that maybe would not pop up had we have managed it better um, in the first place. So a few examples I'm going to give you guys here of some things that you're possibly doing right now that could be helping or not helping, I should say hurting, uh, your dog's anxiety. First one is, is allowing them to basically be your shadow all the time, following you everywhere. You get up, they get up. You sit down, then they sit down next to you. And, and, and everything you do, it just seems like they're right there with you. Now, as a standalone, I don't think it's terrible to have a dog who follows you around. But when you tie it into some of the other things that I'm going to be talking about, I feel like it's just part of the recipe uh, for this human-created anxiety that we're talking about. So having a dog that just follows you can't be without you definitely is a problem. And what we start noticing when when people are allowing this type of stuff to happen is dogs will start complaining when you're not there. So you go into your office, or you go into your bedroom and you close the door and your dog's on the other side of that door. Because they're not with you, you start noticing some whining, some complaining. Maybe they scratch at the door. Maybe your dog isn't uh, can't, can't be left alone in a house because you're because they, they freak out when you're not there. Um, so essentially, 
because of some of this stuff, you become a prisoner of your own house and your dog just kind of makes you almost feel trapped. And we've talked to a lot of clients that actually feel this way. Um, the next thing then is is the spinoff from the whole following you everywhere thing. And that is dogs, or people I should say, who allow their dogs to go into the bathrooms with them while they're maybe taking a shower or while they're going to the bathroom. Now personally, I don't really like having a dog sit there and stare at me while I'm trying to go to the bathroom. Maybe it's just a little bladder shyness, I don't know, but the thought of a dog watching me do that stuff, to me, just doesn't sit right with me. So, first, I think it's a little bit weird, so if you're doing it, that's just I just wouldn't do it just because of that, but also... Again, it's your dog thinking they have to be a part of every single little thing you do, including going to the bathroom, which I think is ridiculous. You should be able to close your door and have your dog not freak out just because you're trying to go to the bathroom. I mean, it sounds simple, but man, they, they just, it has to, I just feel like it has to be something. Like, again, I don't want a dog staring at me when I'm trying to use the bathroom. It just feels really awkward to me. So, um, the next one then would be your bed. Now, I'm not opposed, again, as a standalone thing. I am not opposed to dogs sleeping in bed with people. I get it. I get the desire of it. I don't do it personally. Uh, our dog is in a kennel at night, not because we don't trust him, but because he prefers being in his kennel because that's just how we raised him. And so he actually puts himself to bed every night. Um, gives his mom a quick kiss and then runs to his bed because he knows he's going to get a cookie and then he sleeps the rest of the night. But again, it, it's it's there's no separation, right? So if the dog's following you around everywhere and even into the bathroom and then now they're following you into bed and they're sleeping with you, where's the separation? Where's the divide? And, and it's just, I, I feel like, again, this is all as a standalone thing, not a big deal. But when they start putting these ingredients together, it just mashes up into this anxiety, this created anxiety that's just not healthy. And the last one kind of goes, it just ties everything in sort of together. And that is, you you don't kennel your dog. Now, maybe it's because when they were a puppy, they struggled with it and they cried and you wanted to get sleep. And so you decided, well, I'm just going to have the dog sleep in bed with me. And the dog was quiet. So you're like, problem solved. One problem solved, one problem potentially created is the way I look at it. And honestly, I'd rather take two weeks of sleepless nights of trying to get my dog to get comfortable and settle into a kennel than the rest of its life not being able to be kenneled or having this 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 anxiety. And so I stick with kennel training forever. Like kennel training to me is a lifelong thing that I don't want my dogs to lose for many, many reasons. And maybe someday we'll do a whole episode on creating your dog and the value of it but right now I'm just telling you guys kennel train your dogs and if you're having trouble with it reach out to a professional reach out to a professional and say look I'm, I'm struggling I really want to crate train my dog can you come help me and a lot of them will do in-home visits and stuff like that and who knows maybe we'll uh, put together a course or something that that goes over how to do some of that or maybe we're in the process of making one who knows? Uh, anyways, um, just like I said, it, it's kind of like this perfect storm of, of all these different things. But one thing you see when you're going through all of these is there's no independence. 
People get nervous when I talk about independence, and I feel like I've already mentioned this on a previous episode, but people get so nervous when I talk about teaching your dog independence. They're like, well, I don't want my dog to be independent. That means they won't listen to me. That's not true. Independence means your dog can function without you there. And that, to me, is awesome. I don't want a dog who's so dependent on me that when I'm not there, they're a shell of themselves. Whether they're nervous, or they don't know what to do, or whatever, I don't want that. That's not healthy for my dog, you know, and it's not fun. Like my, my goal is to have just an awesome, happy dog, and that is not a happy dog. So one, one thing I always tell people, and this is getting off subject just for a second, which I probably do more often in these podcasts or in these episodes than, than anything. Um, one thing I try to tell people is when you're raising a dog, when you're training a dog, and I don't care if this is a puppy or if this is a rescue, my goal is to have a dog that, God forbid, if something happens to me, my dog will be able to survive and thrive without me there. And when I say me, I mean me and my wife. And what I mean by that even is, like, I want to be able to hand my dog off to someone and my dog be okay with it. I want my dog to be able to, like, leave or have me leave and not freak out. Meaning, so if something happens to us, I don't want this dog to not be able to function because we're no longer there. I want this dog to be able to eventually kind of move on from, you know, what we're doing and be okay without me being there. Like, dogs live in the moment a lot. And that's my goal is, like, if something happens to me, the dog can move on and be okay and eventually thrive in its new life. Now, it sounds super sad, and I get that, but at the same time, it's what I want for my dog. Like, I want my dog to always be happy. I love my dog. And so that's always a goal of mine is to raise it so that, yes, the dog loves me. Yes, we have a super, super deep connection. But in the end, if something were to happen to me, my dog could go be with somebody else and eventually move on and, and have a really good life. I don't want a dog that if something happens to me just absolutely breaks down, gets depressed, and maybe even passes away because... It just can't handle it, whether it's through anxiety or whatever. So I always I want you guys to keep that in mind when you're working with your dogs and training your dogs. Make sure you're teaching this independence. Your dog should be able to grab a bone and go lay down and chew on it and have you get up and go to the darn bathroom without having to follow you or freak out because you're not there anymore. And and that's just it. Like give your dog a bone, give them give them something to do to preoccupy them or something. So that you can get up and move around if your dog is having issues with it. Separate you and your dog some. And like I said, if you are having issues with anxiety stuff already, definitely reach out to a local trainer or a professional of some kind to get some help and guidance with this. Because there's a lot that can be done to help with this and and kind of work them through things. Even more so than just kenneling them and stuff. And that kind of leads into the, the last thing. The last topic part of this is what you can do now. What you can do now is kennel train. I mentioned this already. Kennel train. Kenneling is not a cruel thing. Kenneling is a safe thing. And for me, people who don't crate their dogs are asking for trouble. And I've already talked about this in previous episodes with a client of mine whose dog died because she didn't want to kennel the dog because the the kennel was cruel and the dog ended up getting in the garbage and this was a puppy getting in the garbage when she was gone getting his head stuck in a chip bag and suffocating now in my opinion that's more cruel than a kennel 
But some people just think kennels are cruel and that dogs should be able to roam. Yeah, you know what? Dogs can maybe eventually someday be able to roam, but when they're young or when they're learning independence or when you're trying to teach them confidence, that's not the time to do it. You can do it eventually. It's like a child. I don't like to amplifomorphize things and like compare kids to dogs all the time, but it's like a child. You're not going to let a child just do whatever the heck they want. They have to earn it and grow into it. Well, it's the same thing with dogs. Maybe it happens quicker, but it's the same thing as dogs. You you can't just give them everything and expect it to go fine because it won't go fine. Um, creating that separation, that's another thing you can do. Uh, you know, Closing that bathroom door. If your dog is having a hard time with it, put a con- fill a con full of peanut butter, chuck it on the floor, and then go take a shower. Well, kennel your dog, I think, if you're going to take a shower, but... You know, just just creating some separation and and just teaching that independence. That independence is really, really important. Now, I think really good obedience training helps with anxiety because you can tell your dog to down and stay and leave. And because you told them to do something, if your obedience is really good, sometimes that obedience can trump behaviors. So I told you to stay and I'm going to leave. Now, I know you don't like this. But I'm going to leave for a second. I'm not leaving, obviously, for very long. But I'm going to leave for a second. And that's just what's going to happen. Um, and then you come back and everything was great. And the dog not only is is practicing obedience skills, but it's also learning that when you leave, it's not the end of the world. You're not gone forever. And so I think that's incredibly, incredibly, incredibly important. Because, guys, like I said, especially with people who have young dogs, and I deal with this often, People with young dogs and dog young dogs maybe don't like being in kennels as much. And maybe some dogs cry and complain. But you just have to work through it. It'll be worth it in the end. Nothing is worse. And we again, I say this a lot, but we deal with so many people. This is part of the reason why this whole podcast came about was because we deal with so many people with so many problems that I felt like let's talk about it. Let's get this out there and talk about it. And maybe it's me just talking and getting some stuff off my chest or just finally being able to reach out to more people like, look, this is a problem. You need to work on this. But this is the reason we started this podcast in general is to educate you guys some and kind of let you guys know, for one, if you're dealing with anxiety, your dogs, not not people, I'm, I'm, I, I don't do that. Um, but if you're, if you're dealing with anxiety with your dogs, you're not alone. There's so many people who do. But at the same time, there's a lot of stuff you can do to help with this. And there's some things you've probably been doing that are feeding it. And again, like I mentioned at the beginning, it's it's probably very pandemic driven um, for a lot of stuff we're seeing right now because people are working from home and maybe they're not going back to work, but maybe they're going to. And when people start going back to work, suddenly that schedule flips and now the dog who was loose with you all day is, is, is alone or kenneled or whatever well, of course, it's been over a year now. Of course, they're probably going to be like, wait a minute, what's going on? This isn't our, this isn't what we do, you know? And so you need to practice it for one. If you plan on going back to work, if you haven't already, if you're planning on going back to work soon and you've been working from home, you better get going on your training now. Don't wait and just test it once you go back to work. You should assume there could be a problem and start getting your dog back into a schedule. It's like a kid with school. Like all summer, you know, you go to bed really late, you wake up really late, whatever. But then you have to start to train your body again. So like a week or so before school starts, my mom would always say, all right, well, you're going to bed at normal school time and you're going to wake up at normal school time just to condition my body to being better with it. I never liked it, but I guess it was helpful and it works. So 
there is that. Um, but just keep these things in mind, guys. Really think about what you're doing with your interactions with your dog. Because I don't want you guys to be a prisoner to your house. I don't want you guys to be unable to travel without your dog or unable to do anything because your dog won't let you. That is just a crappy way to live where you feel like you're trapped. And and so just think about these things that I was saying today and really feel or see if some of this falls into things you're doing. And, and maybe it's stuff you can work on. So keep that in mind, guys. I hope you I hope you found this educational. I'm going to put a wrap on this episode because we're getting into about 16, 17 minutes. And I always try to keep these under 20 because I don't want to take up your whole day. I just want to educate you every once in a while. Well, basically every Thursday. If you guys haven't figured it out yet, I drop new episodes of these podcasts uh, every Thursday. Uh, it drops at midnight, but if you come on Thursday and you search for... Uh, Learn, Laugh, Bark podcast, you will find it on their new episodes every Thursday. But again, from everybody here at OnDogTrainingAcademy.com, we just hope you you take this one in and really think about it and apply it because anxiety is no fun for you. It's no fun for your dog. And it's, it's just not a life to live, again, for you or your dog. So thank you guys, and we'll see you in the next episode.